All right, everybody, welcome to episode 112 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I'm with my main man, Bill at Super Duper Flex, and the co-host with the most, Drew at DR underscore PRA. I've been out for a couple weeks, um, was dealing with some, some mental health stuff, and then I actually got sick. So uh, I appreciate you guys holding it down first and foremost. Uh, the episodes were fire. Um, it, just, it just shows that I'm just out here to uh, spout random nonsense and, uh, and be long-winded. You guys crushed it, and I, I appreciate both of you guys. Um, how are you guys doing today? Doing good. It was a good uh, fantasy season, so uh, pretty happy with the results, and um, it was a lot of fun, too, regardless of that. It was so challenging with all the COVID, so um, pretty uh, pretty happy with the whole year, I guess. How about yeah. you, Drew? Yeah, it was a good year overall, a lot better than last year's outcomes, but uh, yeah, definitely it's crazy how fast the, the season went, even with the extra week. Here we are, and now we're looking at the non-point scoring part of the season and uh, starting to ramp up, seeing all these orphans pop up uh, on Twitter and all these discord channels and stuff. It's like uh, it's, it's a buyer's market right now. So trying not to commit to, to anything that uh, I'm not able to do for a few years here, but yeah, I'm, I'm in a good spot, man. I, I love having a, a whole season here and it felt good to, to wrap it up with a couple of championships. And that's awesome. And, and that's what it's all about. That's, that's why we do what we do the entire season. We talk about everything. We talk about the randomness, and it. it we hope it culminates with a championship, with a, uh, you know, bragging rights over your friends, uh, maybe a trophy or belt, and you know, obviously that cold hard cash uh, doesn't hurt things. So yeah, I'm glad. I actually this. Um, you guys sound like you guys had uh, some successful seasons. This is probably actually my worst season since I started playing. But, I mean, listen, th- those things happen sometimes. And, and the whole point of it is to uh, figure out what you did wrong, uh, learn from those mistakes, and then figure out what you need to do to get back on the winning track. So uh, I will not be the one here telling you that uh, I did awesome because I didn't. But you know what? It's cool. Um, we do this for fun, and uh, I'm now I'm even hungrier to get into 2022 and uh, and win a championship or two or three or ten or however many mm. I uh, I'm in. So, is there anything that you could um, point to that you think made it a difficult season for you? Um, I th- or I, Drew, I, is there anything you point to that made it a successful season for you? Uh, short stories, I got very fortunate across my leagues to not be negatively impacted by COVID outside of uh, one league final. I had Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson, so they definitely felt like I was impacted there. But otherwise, for the majority of the season, I was very lucky. Um, so this is just such a strange year. Uh, I don't know how much stock you put into you know success or failure, so to speak, for this year. But I'm sure there are takeaways and, and maybe some trades and things that you want to look back on and, and reevaluate the process. But I just uh, count myself very fortunate overall for this season. Yeah, I think what happened to me this year, and I, I don't know why this happened. I can't point to any one particular thing. But 
I feel like I, I was a lot less active than I had been in previous years. And, uh, you know, there, it's not like there was a life event or something that happened that made, I just was less active for some reason. I, and I don't know why, but I, I've definitely been able to pinpoint that and realize that I need to be more active. I need to uh, push advantages when, when I have them, uh, you know, like a, a thing like, picking up a guy like Trevor Simeon off a of waiver wire and then like immediately trading, him, you know, just getting a pick, you know what I mean? Things like that are little things that you can do to uh, give yourself an advantage. And even if Trevor Simeon only turns into a third round pick, that third round pick can be packaged into something that gets you another player that you're going to need later on down the road. So um, I, I think that's my, my biggest that was my biggest fault this year. That that's where I stumbled the most is that I wasn't as active as I had been in previous years. And obviously, you know, I, I think we can all agree on this. Um, usually the owners that are the most active are usually the owners that are the most successful. Uh, even if it's not just in one singular season over time, uh, being active and, and finding those moves, uh, end up making your team stronger and end up making you more successful. So I, I think that was my, uh, my biggest issue this year. Yeah. I think that like for me, like that's definitely, I've run into that before. I think that was me last year. Um, you just weren't on like, you know, for with waivers, maybe not necessarily being on the game to be like, okay, I'm going to grab this guy because I know this guy needs them or, or that sort of thing. Like usually I'm paying more attention to the other teams. I think last year I kind of didn't. And like this year, just because of COVID, I think my biggest benefit was I didn't spend all of my fab early. So at the end, when everybody was out with COVID, I just I had the money to either block somebody or to add somebody that helped me. And and I think that that was a huge advantage. Uh, Usually people say to do the opposite, but just with, with COVID and I, I did the same thing last year and it didn't benefit me. So, um, so who's to say that it was just good fortune for me this year, maybe, um, that shit hit the fan once, uh, the fantasy playoffs started. Um, but I think that was, that was huge for me. And a lot of teams, there was actually, I had actually had a six and eight team that made the final. Um, I mean, it's like, I was a six seed, obviously, and it was based on record. Um, and it just goes to show you make the playoffs. I mean, I got blown out in the final, but like, I mean, regardless, like I won money that I, I probably shouldn't have. And um, just by adding the, a few of the right guys, um, and then my team just got decimated by uh, by COVID. So, uh, yeah, but I think uh, I think that's a fair point. Uh, I didn't think of that a whole lot, but I, I know this year I've tried to be a little bit more free with some of my trades and not get into the weeds as much and just uh, know that you can take one trade and move it into another trade. Like you were saying, Josh. Um, so there are a couple of leagues, especially in a couple that I, I co-manage where uh, my partner was a, a good influence in that way uh, where I've watched him have some really good success individually. Um, so following that process a little bit more and who knows what it'll turn into next year as well. But a couple of things turned around pretty quick for us this year. That felt pretty good. Yeah. So and that's that's the great part about now that for the most part 
uh, fantasy seasons are over. I mean, if you're doing the week 18 thing, don't do that anymore. The save, make it a one year affair and, and, you know, make sure week 17 is your championship week next year. But, you know, now is the time of season, especially us as, as dynasty guys, you know, we, you know, it's the time to evaluate, all right, what are the things I did right? What are the things I did wrong? How do I make my teams better? And, and how do I make myself a uh, a better player overall? And that that's going to be the fun part. We're going to, we're going to get into a little process stuff today, but as we, uh, as we float throughout the uh, non-point scoring season, uh, we're going to, we're going to go into a lot of that stuff. But before we do that, one more time, the la- the last of the twenty twenty one, good, bad, and ugly. So, uh, let me start this off. Um, uh, the good, Jamar Chase, eleven receptions, two hundred and sixty six yards, and three touchdowns. Is there anything else we we can say about Jamar Chase that hasn't already been said? Um, the offseason narrative that he couldn't catch the ball, he couldn't see the ball, is like comedic at this point. With the season he had, what he broke the he, he broke the rookie record for most yards. He broke the rookie record for most touchdowns. I, I mean, he broke the rookie record for like probably a hundred different things that I don't even know about, but. He he's just so good, and if you drafted him on your team, you're just like, I have a stud. Similar to what we were saying about Justin Jefferson last year, I have a stud for the next five years, and you're just you're happy about that. And if someone wants to take that stud off your hands, you know that you can pretty much ask for the world and get it. So yeah, that that's I mean. That's just it's just good. It's just good. Uh, Drew, what about you, man? Who who was your good this week? Uh, this week I went with another receiver. He actually killed me in uh, one of my finals. DK Metcalf. I was looking at this guy's roster, thinking uh, it's not bad. I was projected to win by 25, 30 points, and then all of a sudden I kept getting these sleeper notifications that uh, DK Metcalf scored a touchdown, and then another one. Then he had his hat trick, for which I think it happened for the first time for him here. Uh, not a huge yards game, but six for 63 in those three scores, uh, I think helped a lot of people that maybe thought um, he wasn't going to be much this week uh, based on some of the uh, past performances this season. But good to see a guy who's kind of slid in rankings and people are down on uh, end the regular season here with a bit of a bang and probably gain a little bit of respect back that he deserves. Yeah, the Jamar Chase, uh, I got chased in uh... – they final with um, my juggernaut team that's dominated for years. I ended up losing by two points because Jamar Chase just stomped my throat. Um, and then, yeah, you could pretty much pick anybody from the uh, Seahawks versus the Lions last week. And uh, um, probably, I mean, Rashad Penny was probably an option. Uh, you know, you pick Chase, Joe Burrow, obviously an option again. Um but I'm going to homer it, and I'm going with uh, Amon Ross St. Brown um, just because it was pretty fun to watch him. He kind of was like a – reminded me a little bit of Debo in a way because, like, they were 
giving handing him the ball. You know, he had a pretty incredible run. Um, he looked dynamic as a running back. Um, eight catches for uh, 111 yards, a touchdown, and a rushing touchdown. Um, so it was pretty fun to. It's fun how what the NFL is doing, kind of plugging these guys in and you know get put the versatile players, it's almost going to become like the NBA a little bit, I guess, where you just have a bunch of versatility and there's not set positions. Um, I think that's what we're going to see in the future where you just kind of have five or six guys, well, five guys that can pretty much all motion back into the backfield. Um, So yeah, that was fun to watch. It was just cool to see him, uh, what he's done over the last month or so. Like, I mean, he's, He's five games in a row with at least eight catches. Um, like it's it's pretty impressive. Yeah, and Drew, you brought up a really good point. Um, you know, we had kind of buried DK uh, right after Russ had gotten back. Russ wasn't. I, I think he came back a little bit too early, but. The, the targets weren't going his way, which means we weren't getting receptions or yards or touchdowns. And we were like, is DK done? Like we were already kind of throwing dirt on his grave. And now that we see Russ, who's probably back to close to hundred percent with that finger, we realized like, Oh yeah. Uh, DK Metcalf still a really good football player. So uh, we just have to, you know, again, a process thing. We have to remember in the future, like, hey, two or three or maybe even five bad games doesn't mean that a guy is done. You know, we need a little bit more of a sample size. So uh, lo- love that one. Um, I love yours too, Bill. Um, Bill, why don't you hit us with uh, that bad? All right. Um, my bad. Um was uh zeke uh he had a pretty rough week um nine carries 16 yards one catch 14 yards so you know it's it's just tough because he's a guy that's going to be in a lot of lineups um for the finals and um to have that you know an expectation like i mean because he's done well um or at least scored some touchdowns over the last few weeks to get you some points so um hoping you at least get double digit and you end up with like four points from him it's just a a tough uh tough week with zeke yeah we'll we're going to talk about him in a little a little bit later on but yeah um the, the whole offense just looked ragged uh especially after uh the beatdown they put on washington People thought that maybe the offense had uh, figured it out, but uh, Arizona uh, said otherwise in that game. So, Drew, why don't you get us with your bad? Yeah, uh, not a player this week. It's uh, it's the infrastructure at FedEx Field. That video is absolutely wild to see uh, as Hertz is walking out there and see everybody just uh, fall through that barrier and. Uh, Interested, interested to see what comes out, if anything, uh, of this open letter that Hertz wrote to the NFL. But uh, that's a little scary. Uh, you know, nobody's expecting that. You've, you're paying good money to go and see an NFL game you want to get close to, the players you're excited about, and then to have something like that happen is uh, that's a little scary. So, uh, you know, 
FedEx Field's gotten in a bad rap with some injuries that have happened on it uh, to players, and now it's extending to the fan base, which uh, is not cool. Yeah, and this is this is also this is the same stadium that earlier in the season uh, a sewage pipe had burst and it was <laughs> throwing all kinds of nasty water on top of fan. I mean, I, uh, this is Washington. I mean, unfortunately, a, as someone who is. Uh, follows the team in the NFC East. I, I feel like I hear about this stuff all the time and it's just bad. It's just bad. I mean, yeah, uh, Alex Smith almost lost his leg on that field. Uh, it's just horror story after horror story uh, with, uh, with what happens at FedEx field. Hopefully somebody can take a, a real, long look at that stadium and, and see what's going around. I don't know if you've seen the pictures. They have zip tied that railing into place. So I'm sure, you know, can't break a zip tie. So I'm sure that's going to, um, that's going to do the job. Um, apparently after the Jalen Hurts letter, Washington reached out to the, to the fans that actually fell over and apparently offered to pay for any medical treatment that they uh, may have incurred, but I don't know why it took them so long to Mm -hmm. uh, reach out and why a a letter from Jalen Hurts is what had to spur uh, action by Washington. But unfortunately that kind of seems like the way that franchise rolls. So uh, listening to lawyers too much. Yeah. Thankfully it, it doesn't seem like anyone got hurt. Uh, Thankfully, I mean, Jalen Hurts wasn't walking closer to that railing and got crushed by, you know, I mean, four fully grown men fell. So, I mean, you're guessing that's anywhere from 800 to over a thousand pounds. And if that on on top of that great would have fell actually on top of them. I mean, I give, you know, I give Jalen Hurts a lot of credit because he, he act like that's something he saw every day. He he didn't, you know, there was no look of shock on his face. He just immediately started helping people up, started taking pictures with the people that fell over. So uh he was he was cool and calm under pressure. But yeah, that that was QB one. That was a, a mess. Um I'm gonna go with my bad here. Uh DJ Moore. DJ Moore is such a good player, and I want to say that because you say uh, you had a bad game, and it's like the 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 ghost of Sam Darnold is throwing to him, and the uh, the even older ghost of Cam Newton is throwing to him. Uh, three three receptions on eight targets for twenty nine yards. Just get this man a damn quarterback, please, like. Stop with the band-aids and, you know, the, the the just, you know, patchwork job at quarterback. I mean, they had a shot last year to get Justin Fields. And I know Justin Fields didn't have an amazing drop, drop your jaw season. But are you telling me that what the little bit we saw from Justin Fields this year isn't better than what we've seen from Sam Darnold and Cam Newton? Come on, like maybe they'll figure it out this year. Maybe they get themselves a Jimmy Garoppolo or Deshaun Watson or Aaron or somebody. Just get get him a quarterback that can play a little football. Um, 
Yeah, poor DJ Moore. That's all. I, that's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna flow right into my ugly here. Dalvin Cook. Wow. I mean, he he was in your lineup if you had him, uh, without a doubt. Uh, hopefully, your championship wasn't riding on Dalvin Cook uh, because nine rushes for 13 yards and then three receptions for zero yards. So at least in a PPR, he got you three points from those receptions. <laughs> but uh, the the yardage just, I mean, look, I, I understand, you know, Kirk Cousins was not in that game. He had COVID. It was Sean Mannion. And, well, holy hell, man, nine, nine rushes for 13 yards. That is never going to do it for you. Doesn't it, isn't it interesting when you see this and everybody always like clamor or talks about a quarterback being so bad. And then like you, they go out and you see like the performance of the backup and then you're like, Oh, maybe he's not as bad as I thought he was. That's like what this game kind of reminded me of. It was just, um, you know, you have a professional quarterback and now you don't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So many different things there. I, we, uh, Jeremy and I in Superflex Army almost made a move for Dalvin Cook. Uh, we had an offer out there with uh, Hopkins in our first next year and possibly a little sweetener on top. And fortunately, the price kept getting higher, so we we declined. Uh, but it would have felt so terrible having that as a result, giving up a first next year, uh, Hopkins. Uh, and then we almost did the same thing for Nick Chubb too, which was hilarious after getting uh, getting blown out by by Bill and Sonny here. But uh, yeah, for the folks that started him and depended on him, I feel bad. And, and Bill, I, I love the point you brought up about quarterbacks because I, I just went on a mini rant about Sam Darnold and Cam Newton, who who are starting quarterbacks in the NFL. They were starting quarterbacks in the year 2021 and we laugh at those guys but then we think that someone who's sitting on a bench who's not even good enough to be at the sam darnold cam newton level is somehow going to come in and and listen we're all going to tell our stories remember when you know tony romo came off the bench but there's like a you know handful of those guys and there are a lot more, you know, Sean Mannions and Tim Boyles and, you know, those guys that just stink up the place. And a lot of times it's like that first game they might perform because nobody has any film on them. And then it's that everybody gets all excited. And then the next game they just get, you know, shot block, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and and Dallas ran, ran into it this year where, like, they had one game without Dak and Cooper Rush came in and he was good. And my silent prayer was, like, please let's not have a game two of Cooper Rush because we all know how this story ends. You know, they watch tape on him. They figure out that he's really not that good. He just surprised the team because they didn't really have any tape on him. And then, you know they they destroy that backup and you know you end up losing that game by like two touchdowns because you know obviously again there's a reason why the Sean Mannions and the Cooper Rushes of the world aren't you know starting on a team they're you know they're backups and that's all they're really known as because you know their talent level says that so um yeah that, that was a good point you brought up I just wanted to I want to uh to expound on that a little bit more 
Uh, Bill, hit us with your ugly. Uh, my ugly is uh, Mike Glennon, and it's just pure football. Um, I can rattle off the stats, but in timeline OG, he got minus 5.74 points. So I'm not even going to, like, waste my time, but, like, starts off with a fumble, you know, immediate score. Um, I mean, just a terrible NFL game for him. And, uh, of course, now he's uh, he needs surgery, supposedly. So uh, sometimes you wonder at the end of the year if that's just, like, we're getting the vet off the field so we can put somebody else in where he try to save face for him a little bit. But... Um, you know, it, it was just a terrible game for him. Like four for 11, 24 yards and two picks. Mm. So, yeah, like it's just Peterman like. You you would have been better off starting one of the three of us at your quarterback position. Than Mike yes. Lennon, which, is, which is an amazing fact to to say about. Any professional team that throws a court. I mean, we we just talked about bad quarterbacking, but that is uh, that is top of the list of, of bad quarterbacking. Uh, Drew, wrap us up with your ugly man. Uh, another quarterback who had a rough night: Baker Mayfield on Monday. Uh, tough game overall, uh, but sacked. Uh, I don't even know if he was in for the last couple, but Steelers had nine sacks that game. T.J. Watt. Uh, goes off and gets the Steelers record, I think, for the sacks in the season, 20 sacks in the season, uh, in 16 games as well, which is awesome to see. Um, but just uh, could not get anything going. Uh, Nick Chubb got injured at the end, so just a lot working against him. Still had a couple of touchdowns, but just, uh, you know, he, I don't think he's playing next week and just beat up at the end of this year, and who knows what will happen to him next year, where he'll be, if he'll be starting. Uh, just a tough way to to end the season. You're muted. He also has us on mute. Ah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he, 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 as Steve says in the chat, they just announced he's going to have surgery, so he won't be playing for sure next week. But he's just a bad quarterback. Like, I mean, there's just no way around it. But it does, I mean, he, he did play hurt. I don't think there's any doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, expectation I, I think he'll still be the qb1 for them um but like i think this is like a make or break you know because they can't just keep spending on quarterbacks and they're not in the position to really grant there's not really a an elite quarterback i don't think this year is there josh as far as you know uh you mean in the draft yeah nah i mean so we're we're probably gonna be talking about three guys and honestly According to all the pundits so far, it seems like, you know, maybe in the teens is the earliest yeah. you're going to see the first one go. And that's and, where they'll be. Yeah. And Matt Corral got injured in his bowl game. So, I, you know, I don't even know what that's going to do to his stock. You know, I don't honestly, I read about the injury and I got brain fog and I can't remember what it is and how long he's going to be out. So um, it could definitely drop him down a lot depending on. Um, depending on the injury, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I give Baker a lot of credit because it seems like he played at least half of the season uh, pretty banged up, but yeah, he, uh, 
I think maybe they should have shut them down a lot earlier than uh, week uh, week eighteen, but we'll see what happens. They can um, they can pick up his fifth year option, which I think is eighteen million dollars, and see what happens. And then if they like what they saw, they can also franchise tag him for a lot more money. But you know, getting you know even if you have to pay him thirty million dollars on the tag. Um, Actually, it's probably going to be more than that. But, you know, if you can get them for $50 million over two seasons, you know, $25 million apiece, it's still pretty good considering now it seems like the next guy up is signing a $40-plus million contract. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where the, uh, where the Browns head at the QB position over the next couple of years. So that's it. That's the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, I think we ended the season uh with some some good ones there some good uh some good discussion points there and uh steve said he just threw up a little um i don't know if that's just talking that long about baker mayfield or the fact that baker mayfield is probably going to make uh 50 million dollars over the next two years i don't know what part made you throw up steve but uh <laughs> apologies. Didn't, probably didn't, the latter <laughs> didn't mean to do that to you. hey listen $50 million is a lot of money, just not for NFL quarterbacks. So we, we got to, uh, got to keep it, you know, keep, keep that in mind. Uh, you know, Baker is probably uh, kind of mid-level there. If you're talking $25 million a year over two years. So that's just the way the quarterback position crumbles, but we're going to do something a little different this week since we are, uh, since this is it, this is the, the week 17 the championship, we're going to talk about some of the, the bets we made over the course of the season, some of the, the wagers. Uh, but also while we talk about those wagers, kind of parlay them into, into process talking to see what, uh, what we can get right for uh, 2022 and what we can get wrong, uh, what we can get right in the uh, offseason. So, so this is the first one. Um, Bill had uh, had the uh, the Trey Sermon love. He said that he thought thirteen hundred total yards was within the uh, range of possibilities. I said I he guaranteed it. He apparently apparently Drew remembers him guaranteeing it. I, I wasn't going to say that, but, you know, hey, listen, I'm not going to argue with Drew either. There's a lot of fake news <laughs> happening in this uh, last few sentences. Hey, I, I did not fake news anything. Uh, that was all Drew. I was uh, I was trying to keep it down the middle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're right down the middle of me saying he's definitely going to score. Uh... Uh, hey, that was Drew. I didn't say that. Remember that. I, I kept it down the middle. Drew said it was a guarantee or something, um, which I agree with. Um, so, um, you know, as you can see, Bill has ducked out. I am not wearing an Eagles tank top because our guy, uh, not our guy, Bill's guy, Trey Sermon did not, uh, did not approach that 1300 yard mark. Do we, I, I, and I didn't look this up. So, uh, foul on me. Uh, do we know what he ended the season at with total yards? Please hold. Okay, we're going to hold. I'll, I'll talk while Bill uh, does my research for me. Um, but this this was, again, this was a process talk. This was, you know, 
people were starting to bump Trey Sermon into the first round of rookie drafts because it is a running back on a team that, you know, likes to run the ball. And, you know, we, we talk about this, you know, talent over situation. And I feel like every year there's one running back that we just have to shove into the first round because the situation is so good and it usually ends up burning us. And, um, that was the point I was trying to make, um, when we were talking about this, but, uh, yeah, Trey Sermon, it started from like week one, there was weirdness about, did he miss curfew? Did he not miss curfew? And then it just kind of snowballed from there. Bill, what did he end up with? 193. 193 yards. Yeah. So 41 carry. He had a total of 44 touches. 44 touches. So about five yards a touch, give or take. Um, Yeah. So I think we just, you know, as a process thing, I think we just need to, we got to, we, we can't just rely on situation. We have, we have to look at talent. I believe Trey Sermon was a third round pick, if I'm correct in that, in the actual NFL draft. Um, so, you know, he was, he was part of that first two days, but, you know, there were quite a few running backs taken ahead of him, you know, guys that we really liked guys like Najee guys like, um, uh, Javante guys like, uh, Travis Etienne. So, um, uh, you know, just as a process thing, I think we have to, uh, we have to put a little bit more and we say it every year, but then we kind of fall back into the trap. We got to put a little bit more discount onto, um, situation. Uh, what do you guys, what do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, I think that what we, what we really, I think in this situation, what I think everyone, um, failed to, count for is Elijah Mitchell. Like, I mean, he was drafted two rounds later. So they're obviously, um, you know, still, they liked both of them to draft them. And I almost wonder if one was a uh, management pick and the other one was a coach pick and, you know, kind of looking back at it and, you know, it's a little easier to make, make narratives now and everybody was so fresh in their mind how good Sermon looked at Ohio State for his last season that, mm-hmm. um, you know, we probably failed to look at some things. Like, why is he, if he's that good, why is he transferring? You know, like, why is he playing a fourth season, uh, you know, plus – he 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 got beat out by a freshman at Oklahoma. So like, there's all these different things that you know we kind of forget to look at just because of situation. And the same thing happened with Keyshawn Vaughn the previous year. So like I think that I mean that's a really good point. That um, now granted he was drafted in the second round in rookie draft, so it's like it's not like it was. Um, I mean we saw maybe a few times where he was drafted in the late first round, but. Um, so I don't think people got it like ridiculously wrong by drafting him there, you know, like, I mean, it's, 
people are going to shoot for running backs. And he's, he was the best option at that point, probably, you know, just based on draft stock situation, all that kind of stuff like we're talking about. Yeah. I, uh, I got that one wrong in one of my 14 team leagues. I had the 113 and uh, I took Mac Jones there, which was uh, turned out to be a good pick. Uh, and then uh, turned it into the 114 next and a first next year. So, uh, and then I took a, took Sermon with that 114. So it turned out to be a wasted pick for this year. Uh, so that hurts a little bit, but um, yeah, you know, hindsight's 2020, you know, you hope that you apply some of these things next year. Uh, but there's so many layers to all these things. It's hard to, to give too many people too much grief unless you're seeing him going, you know, I think Keyshawn Vaughn was going in like, the middle of the first round for some people like 107, 108 in some places uh, going to Tampa Bay. So I think people tempered a little bit this year and yeah, who knows? I mean, Michael Carter would have been probably the better bet if you needed somebody for this year, but uh, yeah, it's fun to see in, in, in hindsight and it's why it's a game, right? You get a chance to do it all again next year. And Bill, you brought, you brought up a good point uh, just to touch on a little bit more. You know, you said people jump for, running backs because obviously we've seen this year just on the injury front it's a war of attrition at the running back position and you want as many guys as possible and in a perfect world you want as many talented guys as possible but you know a lot of people say this and so I'm just going to be repeating what what a lot of other smart people say you know don't don't reach for a position when you're doing your rookie draft you know just just take the best guy available. If you need uh, a certain position, may, then trade that pick for a guy at the position, you know, and um, because Drew, and I, I don't know if you have this information on, on hand, but did were you taking Trey Sermon ahead of guys like um, Elijah Moore? Uh, I actually did fall into that trap in a couple of uh, safe leagues where I was looking at my running back group, uh, a couple of leagues where I felt like it would be harder to trade because I didn't know people. So I probably played a little scared in the draft and took him uh, over Elijah Moore or you know, I think anywhere that I had a late first, I was still doing like Waddle or Devonta Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I had the 201 through 204 somewhere in there, I was taking – uh, yeah, either Trey Sermon, Michael Carter, Elijah Moore. Uh, those are kind of the range. Uh, but yeah, a couple of those safe leagues I end up taking uh, taking Sermon over Elijah Moore, which uh, certainly regret at this point. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that that's kind of the point I wanted to make is that like just just take the most talented guy at the uh, at the spot you're in, and obviously, you know, when I say the most talented guy, you know it's just what we think it's, you know, based on, you know, information that we're getting in and things that we're seeing, it doesn't mean that the guy is actually more talented because obviously I'm sure people would have argued with me that Trey Sermon at that time was going to be um, a better player than Elijah Moore. Now we're looking at it, you know, what, eight months later. And we, you know, we've, we've totally flipped that because now we've seen them both in the NFL four years. So um, but I'm yeah, looking, I'm looking at the timeline, uh, rookie draft. Okay. And, uh, you and I took Elijah Moore 202. God bless. And then Bill Sermon went 
and then Carter went to the same. Per, um, no, and then Carter went. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terrace Marshall, uh, Rondale Moore. So like, and then Fryermuth, Tony, Amari Rogers, Amon Ra. Um. So I mean, there was hits and misses in there, and you know, it's just at. at I think we all kind of figured right in that area is where it starts to get pretty soft. So it's kind of hit or miss and, um, you know, it, it, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things in retrospect that we should have been paying attention to. God, Bill. So you're telling me there was a team in the, uh, in the OG rookie draft that came out of the second round with more and Pat Fryermuth. Golly, that team must be, uh, must be pretty good. Yeah. They had a, Pretty okay year until uh, uh until, until they counts. lost to Drew, didn't they? <laughs> until it somehow, counted. somehow, <laughs> somehow, CD Lamb and, and Antonio Gibson didn't get you all 18 points or whatever in that game. And, and by the way, uh, Drew, congratulations on uh, winning the timeline OG listener league. Uh, you uh, slayed the slayed uh, Goliath, um, really, and uh. You know, you were, no one was rooting for you, so um, <laughs> I wouldn't have been either. So you were like Ivan Drago against Apollo Creed, right there. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, I, I I was gonna give you your, your shot at the end, but we'll, we could, oh, do, we could de- I don't care. Uh, we could definitely do it now. Uh, congratulations um, on winning the uh, the first year of the timeline OG league. There were some. Uh, there were some powerhouse teams that you had to uh, walk through the fire to uh, to claim your championship. So, uh, Lindsey, yeah, you guys Kennedy's stole the buy team, from me. Lindsey Kennedy's team was <laughs> I mean, she dominated from she week week one until the very end. Uh, high uh, best record, highest point total, um, everything yeah, she, that you could do in a regular season. She did. I think she lost one regular season game one yeah yeah like that's like that's crazy like you yeah. don't she scored don't an entire see. extra week on us yeah yeah in the everybody season. like lap the field lap the whole field i mean she she literally lapped a couple of the like last place teams i mean doubled up their final season score i mean that's how good her team was so um, um yeah, Drew, you went you went through the fire and uh and, i'll take and came it out on top um, I'll take it. It might be a long time before I do it again. So I just want to also for people who had a rough year this year, um, or you know, are doing a rebuild, it can sometimes only take one year um for a rebuild because I'm looking at our draft and it was pretty incredible. Um and like I'm not saying that to pat ourselves on the back, but I mean I'll take it. But like the draft was Jamar Chase. Devonta Smith, Elijah Moore, Fryermuth, Kellen Mond, Elijah Mitchell. Those were our top six picks. And so, like, Mond was really the only miss in theory. And, um, or just, you know, you know, you're waiting on the, the quarterback anyway. So, um, and never mind but, the startup with Burrow and JT. Well, I mean, I'm just talking about, though, like, you know, you can turn a team around pretty quick if you hit, like if you just have one of those years where you just happen to hit, like, and you know, it could have been the opposite for us. Like, I'm not saying like, it was like, we're some incredible drafters. I'm just saying 
it's all we're all guessing here right <laughs> and so like uh sometimes you know it just takes one so don't don't give up on a team too early i guess is my point out yeah and you guys set yourself up for this year too right because you've got an extra you've got an early first along with your your late first i, I mean one oh one oh two i mean i i don't want to you know i don't want to brag or anything oh, yeah. but you know yeah, yeah, so uh, I, I'll be uh, I'll be happy to be competing again in like six or seven years. So you and you all and Lindsay and Rocky, and <laughs> but can dig it out for the next few years here. Lindsay says she hadn't lost since week one. God, yeah. night. So she she just went fifteen, yeah, 15 games. She's like, all right, I gave you guys a head start. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's like, I'm only gonna lose two, the first one and the last one. That's it. I'm winning everything. <laughs> Bookends of hell. Yeah. Um, but not, nah, I mean, Drew. It was a fun congrats, year. It was a fun congrats year. Congrats again. Uh, that league is awesome. Uh, everybody in that league, it was so much fun to play. Uh, Everybody's back next year, right? Nobody's dipped yet. Nobody's said they're. Nobody's said yet. anything. Everybody's uh, paid so, up already. And by the way, we're not no, letting not any of you leave, so don't even ask anyway. So, um, but no, nah, man, uh, so many, so many cool guys. So, uh, so many great guys in there and ladies. Um. So yeah, Bill, we got to uh, we got we got to fight uh, probably Drew and Lindsay again to try to to try to win this thing in year two. So uh, we'll see uh, see how it works out. That one hundred two. Anybody else who has a good draft? Yeah, <laughs> we're that one hundred two is going to look nice. By the way, that's uh, that's on the trade block for everybody in the league. So uh, <laughs> send your uh, send your big boy offers and. Uh, and we'll see what happens there. But uh, no, congrats again. Except for you, Larry Monkey. Well, first of all, I don't think it's I don't even pick. think Larry knows how to spell big boy offer. So uh, we don't have to worry about actually getting one from him. But uh, um, yeah, c- congrats to Drew uh, again. Uh, good job kicking some ass. Let's uh, let's move to the next one here. And while I may have uh, been right about. Trey Sermon, I was definitely wrong about this next one. Uh, we had Dynasty Jake on uh, on the show during the offseason, and we we got into the Jalen Hurts discussion. And if you know me, uh, you know that I was definitely not on the Jalen Hurts uh, bandwagon that a lot of people were on. Um, and I, I was wrong. Uh, a $5 bet uh, to uh, – to the charity of the winner's choice on Jalen Hurts finishing as a top 15 uh, quarterback. And a- after the show, it's funny, Bill and I were talking and Bill was like, man, you were, uh, you were pretty bold with that. Uh, I, I could have understood if you went uh, top 12, but you went, uh, you went top 15. And, and, and I felt that that wasn't trying to be hot takey. It was just, I was worried about um, what Jalen Hurts could do with his arm and honestly, the lack of of pass catching weapons on that team, uh, that combo made me think that he wouldn't be be able to do enough. But it didn't matter if I went top fifteen or top twelve, because according to Fantasy Pros, uh, Jalen Hurts finishes uh, the at least the fantasy season as QB eight. So it wouldn't have mattered. Uh, I'm actually going to reach out to Jake. Um, he did tell me the name of his charity at the time and. That was a very long time ago, and I don't remember, but I'm going to touch base with him, and um, I will actually uh, tweet about that. So, um, so you know, the the charity that Jake um, 
feel strongly about uh, just gets a little bit of extra, you know, uh, pub out there. So um, Jalen Hurts, let's talk about him for a little bit. What what do we think about him in 2022? Because I was definitely of the opinion that he was going to um, maybe be a one-year wonder. Uh, the Eagles have three first-round picks this year. Uh, they all went from being like top 10 picks to now they're all, uh, I believe in the twenties. So, uh, the, the fortunes have changed on those picks a little bit, but, um, it looks like he, he's going to be back next year. Uh, do you guys agree with that? Or am I maybe, uh, giving him a little bit too much credit? I think that's how it turns out. I think he certainly earned it, uh, getting into where they are locking up a playoff spot. Right. Um, you know, he had a couple of games here recently where uh, a lot of the commentary from folks who actually look at film had some really nice things to say about how he was managing the game, picking his spots. Uh, and of course, you know, he can do it with his legs as well. A tremendous athlete. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier, kind of in passing, even with the, uh, you know, the field falling apart, composure there, right? The guy, the guy isn't phased. Looks like he's growing into kind of the spotlight that he's he's in. And, uh, you know, for folks that have him on their team that are holding him, good for you. You have uh, hopefully a really, really good quarterback again next year. Uh, Lindsay actually picked him up as, I think, her QB, too, in our draft and our startup. Paid off really well for the, the season for her. So kudos to you folks who uh, took a risk on him maybe a little bit later. And, um, you know. That's what, that's what Lindsay has to say about Jalen uh, <laughs> Hurts uh, week 17. Uh, yeah, he, he let me down in my sleeper league too, Lindsay. Uh, I needed, I needed three more points from somebody, him, Zeke, who else? Uh, but, uh, yeah, if you have them, hold them. Uh, I mean, you're certainly, if you think that you're going into a rebuild next year, then I would certainly try to get some value for him now, uh, before the new cycle comes back around to them replacing him with this amazing 23 class. Um, I don't know that I'm going to go out and try to get him anywhere, unless I really, really think he's the last piece that I need. But I think there are some other quarterbacks I'd be uh, able to get a little bit cheaper than him if I just need uh, to pull the Rocky Petrella and get a, a one- or two-year vet in my, my lineup next year. Uh, but I think he's earned the spot next year. Yeah, I'm not sold that he's earned the spot. Um, I mean, fantasy-wise, he's done well. I don't necessarily know um, long-term if they're – um, you know, he's in their plans. I, I think he'll be a part of the offense regardless. Um, and, and maybe next year he, he is, um, but I'm not necessarily sold on long-term yet. Um, I think, you know, those three first rounders, they can still trade for a, a vet that can pop in and, you know, maybe take them to the next level. I mean, he still misses a lot of throws. Like, I mean, it's not like, um, you still need a quarterback that it makes the throws. And even if he doesn't make them quite as often, um, but his legs carry, that's great. But at some point, and we see this a lot with these guys that don't increase their completion percentage, um, their, their careers end up being shorter than we expected. And, and I'm not necessarily sure he's, um, He's there yet to like, but I mean, if I'm betting at my trading for him, 
I'm probably not because there's just other options. And mm-hmm. and the difference between QB8 and QB12, I don't necessarily think is substantial. Um, like maybe you get somebody else. I'll have to look that up actually because I might be talking out of my tailpipe. But, yeah, well, I mean, you'd probably get Kirk Cousins for the same or less, I would think, right? Price-wise? Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, definitely. Um, like, but I mean, the upside's not necessarily there, obviously. But So I get that. Um, I just think there's other ways to go about it. Like, um, I'm sorry, I'm kind of... So he is average. He averaged... Um, where is he? Oh, Jalen Hurts averaged 20 points per game. So um there's so in our league it was that was seventh. So Cousins is twelfth um in points per game uh at 18 and a half. So like it's probably costing you less. Uh and actually 12 is the cutoff because then it drops like two points mm-hmm. after him. So um yeah, I don't know, man. That's that's tough. I, I I'm not banking on. I'm not gonna up, pay up for him, but mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people are in the mindset that he's long term either. So, mm-hmm. like, how, do I? If I if if I have a team that's contending next year, like I feel is like a really good team, maybe I make a move for him. Um, but I'm just not so, – I probably – I say that, but I probably wouldn't do it just because I'm more risk-averse for when I'm spending up. Um, so, yeah, I pretty much just said a few – like a minute and a half of nothing. But, like <laughs> – Yeah, I think we're on the same page. Yeah. I think there's a good chance that he's there next year and he could help you win next year. However, there are plenty of other – I mean, if Tom Brady plays again next year – uh, what's the what's the value difference between those two? And I, if they're anywhere close, I'll take Tom Brady again. Yeah, that I I agree with that. Like just because it's such a the anybody that has Jalen Hurts knows that he's a top eight points per mm-hmm. game, so they're gonna want a lot more because of the age. Yeah, and and just just to wrap this one up, and since <laughs> this is a a pro Kirk Cousins podcast, I mean. I'd rather just get Kirk Cousins at half the price. I mean, no, nobody ever likes him, even though he's just always, you know, like QB 12. Um, and you can get, I mean, you can get him for a lot cheaper, like you said, Bill, you know, especially with the, you know, the age discount. You can get Kirk Cousins and what, one and a half less points a game. Uh, you can make up that one and a half points in, you know, a million different ways. So, um, I would honestly, I would rather have, you know, Kirk Cousins over the next three years than I would Jalen Hurts. And maybe that that makes me crazy. But as you said, you know, he misses, you know, he misses a lot of those just kind of like, oh, I thought that was going to be, you know, a big gain or first down or something like that. You know, his, uh, his completion percentage this year was 61.3%. So he was up from last year where he was at 52%, but you know, 61% doesn't make anyone go, Oh yeah. Like this, this guy is a super accurate quarterback. I just read one of our bets and started laughing. I'm sorry. (laughs) Hey, no problem. We're going to, we're, we're going to move on um, to the next one. Um, 
this was between the three of us, a $5 bet on uh, who would finish the highest among these, these running backs. Uh, Drew oh, had, Aaron, you had Aaron Jones. Uh, I know which one you guys laughed about. Um, Bill, you had Austin Eckler. And I had uh, I had Zeke Elliott. Uh, we'll breeze through this one so we can get <laughs> so we can get to the one that's cracking you guys up. Um, Bill, you got this one, brother. Woo, woo. Uh, Z- uh, smart, not Zeke Eckler at RB two. Zeke was RB six, and Aaron Jones was RB nine. This was I need to stop betting. Fantasy Pros um, half point PPR. Uh, so. Um, Listen, going going with any of these guys, you weren't disappointed this season. Maybe right. you disappointed certain weeks, but you weren't as a whole. You weren't disappointed if you ended up with the RB two six or nine. So, do you remember who the other person was? Wasn't there four in the when we were picking from? Maybe I think it I might did. have been uh, Gibson. It could have been. I don't. I don't remember off the top of my head, but. Um, but yeah, Bill, uh, we'll we'll settle this up to him. We'll, we'll... Yeah, so I'm just gonna tell you guys, like, whatever Jake's um, charity is, throw it to that. Just throw it in that. Yeah. All right. Perfect. So perfect. it makes it easier, and that works out. Um, but I don't think there's much to be said. Uh, you're, we're talking about three top ten uh, running backs, and. Honestly, even though they may not get drafted ADP wise uh, in 2022, I-, I think we're going to be having a very similar discussion at the end of 2022, where all three of these guys, barring injury, are uh, top ten guys. So let let's move on to the to the one that got <laughs> Bill cracking up and then got Drew cracking up. Uh, this was I, another bet that the three of us had. Um, this is why I had to win the league. <laughs> I think we're gonna have to cap this. We are, and, and yeah. I when I actually looked these up to see where everything was, I said I, I, I can't do this. Sudra. We'll figure <laughs> we'll figure something else out, but we'll go through it and we'll um we'll uh. So we had a Steelers wide receiver bet. We were talking about the uh, the threesome in in Pittsburgh. Uh, Drew, you went with Juju as the highest point scorer on the uh, Steelers. Bill, you had Chase Claypool, and I went with friend of the show, uh, the guy that we stand for since day one. Can't can't believe y'all y'all just disrespected this man's name. Uh, I went with uh, Deontay Johnson, and the original bet was that the loser would pay one dollar for every spot that uh, <laughs> that they finished behind the the eventual winner. Uh, so Deontay, wide receiver eight, and again, this was um half point PPR according to uh fantasy pros. Uh, Deontay was wide receiver eight, Chase Claypool was wide receiver 41, and then uh Juju, uh, and at wide receiver 135. So, uh, according to my math, Drew, you owe $127 to my charity. <laughs> Obviously, I'm, I'm joking around when I saw that, I said we're gonna have to uh. We're gonna have to amend it a little bit because that's, I'm a man uh, of my word. Uh, that that's excessive. Um, and that's excessive. And you got you know you got screwed over due to an injury. You know it wasn't. Um, I need to go back and listen to that episode again. Did we have an injury clause? I hope we had. Well, an injury I don't clause. necessarily. I don't recall there being a dollar per position. I, I might remember, remember it being a dollar per point. Um, point a dollar per game. Oh, that's worse. Not point per game. Point per oh. game. 
Oh, I, I don't remember. E- even even though uh, even though that that could be a, a hefty uh, a hefty dollar amount because uh, I think Juju ended the season like five point five points per game or something like that. If I remember when. Yeah, I but I mean, Deont- that, that would only be like Deontay's only like twenty, so that's only fifteen <laughs> bucks. Um, but uh, it seems more in line with our our bets. <laughs> um. Well, I, I also don't think that we we thought that one guy was going to finish 127 spots ahead of another guy, um, but uh, but but Drew, honestly, like I I can't I can't fault what you were thinking just because I mean Juju got injured. Like you know if Juju plays whatever 14, 15, like the other guys did, um, I have yeah, a feeling Deontay's that- still probably wide receiver eleven. maybe but but what do we you know i i do want to talk about juju because what are we thinking about juju like he's a free agent again Mm -hmm. so he's gonna go through the whole song and dance again obviously the uh the salary caps are going to increase so there's going to be more money to uh to be available um uh, is Juju a guy we're going after? Like, is he a guy that we're just staying away from? And if we are going after him, like, what are we paying for? Him? Like, I, I, I honestly him. don't know what to think about Juju. So I, I want to. Uh, I'll throw a late second at him. A late if second. I can get him for a third, I'm happy. I, I'd be happier. But I mean, if somebody says, you know, I want, I want the two eleven or something or the two twelve. I, I don't know who has him in the listener league. Um, but whoever has them, I would consider them for the, the two twelve. Um, that's probably the range that I would top out because I, I believe in, in the talent in general. I know there's questions about whether or not he needs a B or another alpha receiver on the other side to be able to function properly. But, um, hopefully he'll see, uh, <laughs> this was not the year to stay in Pittsburgh and maybe he'll go find some greener pasture somewhere else. And at the end of the day, uh, a guy that's been, uh, a wide receiver one already in his young career. I'll take that for a, a late second versus uh yes. Yes. Justin, I do have both because uh, you saved me for myself from uh, making a horrible mistake and trading for AB before the final as well. Uh, <laughs> so I did. I uh, traded a first um, for AB in a second. I I actually uh, on the other side of that, I traded away AB and a late first in a sixteen team league to get Amari Cooper. So, um, it, it looked like a hefty price after what he did against Carolina, but now it looks like uh, I traded away uh, a uh, piece of uh, aluminum foil and a first round pick to get. Amari Cooper. So um, I, it's amazing how quickly trades change. I mean, we talk yeah. about like, oh, this guy got ripped off. This this girl paid up too much. And then all of a sudden, uh, it, you know, a deal can flip in a oh, day. Yeah. Instantly. So, but here, here's a good one from Steve. Speaking of throwing up a little, what if Juju lands on the pads? Oh, that'd be awful. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not seeing... Juju, he'd have to stop dancing first of all. Yeah, no more dancing. You done? 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know. They, they need something there, right? I mean, unless is Belichick just happy to roll with Kendrick Bourne and, and Jacoby Meyer and just have so. his underrated team continue to compete? I mean, he's he's got this team in the playoffs. So, I, I mean, know. he can't. It's disgusting. He can't hate it too much. I mean, obviously, you know, he's the type of guy he's going to look at that team and always try to figure out ways to improve. But it, it's never at the skill positions. You know, he goes, get me my Tom Brady, who is now Mac Jones, just the super accurate guy that's not going to make a bunch of mistakes. I don't need him to be, you know, the most elite passer ever. I don't need him to have the most elite arm strength ever. I just need him to make the right throw at the right time. Execute. Do your job. Do your job. You know, I need wide receivers that will run the right routes and be where they're supposed to be so that my super accurate quarterback can get the ball in their hands. You know, same thing at running back. Like we've we've had the, you know, is it Ramondre this week or is it Damian Harris this week? And it's like, well, who knows? Because it's Bill Belichick and he'll just, you know, he'll figure out what you can't stop and then just throw that guy in there and have that guy carve you up. So, um, yeah, I can't imagine. You know, I, I don't think Juju fits into that kind of, you know, gritty elite route runner type guy that you know bill belichick seems to like so i guess nelson aguilar didn't either and he he was fine for them this year so who knows um but yeah i can't imagine a a juju on the pats but i mean i could see him going to a team like uh like kansas city like, I could see Juju in Kansas City. Actually, I would prefer that over, like, like as a Lions fan, I don't necessarily want him on the Lions. Um, I just, I feel like, you know, he's best in the slot. And I feel like they have Amon Ra, who at least has shown. Um, it might just be a blip. Who knows? But you got to give him the opportunity, Yeah. Oh, yeah, he, I, he's earned I, some targets, right? I think so. Uh, Even heard, though there's nobody else earning targets on that roster at the moment, so I he mean, didn't have anybody to start the season. Yeah, I mean, Hawkinson, <laughs> Swift. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, I, I think Amon Raz earned himself uh, a piece of the pie on that team. I mean, I, I know at the beginning of the season, it was like there was a little bit of like Khalif Raymond going on. But yep. as the season progressed, he really kind of took over. And you can say, yeah, the the talent level there wasn't, you know, uh, elite. But, I mean, it should have made it easier to shut all those guys down. And, and he actually raised his game and, and became a, a bigger part of that offense. So I, I got to give him credit for that. So, uh, what you got, Bill? Oh, I was just gonna. I saw a tweet earlier asking like where uh, he'll get drafted in the uh, uh, in redraft next year. Um, I think he'll get overdrafted personally. Um, like the questions was first round, <laughs> second or third <laughs> round, uh, fourth through sixth, 
or later. And um, I bet he gets drafted in the fourth through six. Um, But he's probably, you know, I think it should be later. And Mm -hmm. 40% were voted fourth through six. And then 40% voted uh, later. And then I think there are some trolls voting for second and third. (laughs) 20% trolls. Um, I feel like Juju fits fits like a a Pete Carroll team. A team that doesn't like to throw the ball. (laughs) <laughs> well there's that but uh yeah you know have fun you know go out do your thing uh, probably wouldn't say much if he's out there you know stomping on the the 49ers logo even if they got blown out by 30 <laughs> um yeah he he's gonna be one of the one of the more interesting uh off-season stories because um People are going to have money, and when people have money burning, especially NFL teams, they have money burning a hole in their pocket. Yeah, people make what bad is that decisions. Like? We see it every year. I mean, you know, we we can go through history of, of all the all the bad contracts that have been handed out, and it'll be interesting to see. You know, if you know. I know Kansas City was one of the teams last year that put out an offer. Baltimore was another team that put out an offer. See if those teams come back or maybe they like what they did uh, throughout this past season and maybe, you know, maybe it's Jacksonville, you know. New Orleans, although they don't have any money. They don't have money, but, I mean, people, you know, they found money last year. So um, maybe they do that. Um, yeah, you know, there are some teams that you look at and you go, oh, maybe this team over here, you know, maybe a team like, uh, team like Washington, you know, tries to get somebody across from, from Terry McLaurin to try to open things up for whoever the quarterback is. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it'll be, uh, uh, Taylor Heineke or the Washington be football quarterback, Washington football quarterback, um, but uh, yeah, that that'll be uh, that'll be one of the most interesting offseason uh, um, stories to watch because um, a lot of the other stories are going to revolve around quarterback. You know, does Aaron Rodgers stay? What happens with Deshaun Watson? Um, can Denver get themselves a quarterback? Uh, does does Philadelphia use those three first round picks to get themselves a quarterback? Maybe like Bill was saying earlier, maybe, uh, maybe the team feels like Jalen Hurts hasn't earned it and they want to, uh, they want to upgrade. So um, you usually see the quarterback stories going around, but position uh, players usually don't, don't get as much hype. So that, that'll be fun to see. So uh uh, that was fun, and and I hope that uh, I think Drew and I are, are going to we're going to craft a uh, a Tua versus uh, Trevor Lawrence bet at some point because uh, Drew Drew has already uh, buried Trevor Lawrence. He said uh, we're going to put this man on the ground uh, and, and bury his career after having to deal with uh, Urban Meyer for well. 13, 14 games, however many games it was. I know he didn't last the whole season, which, by the way, good for Jacksonville to uh, 
to uh, just get rid of him. Uh, Problem so, goes further than a coach. They gotta, yeah, go but, the GM, but, and I mean that the poor kid, his, his brain hasn't even fully developed yet, and what kind of damage has been done? Yeah, but but Urban Meyer was a big part of Jacksonville. He was given a lot of power. I mean, they have a GM in name, but. I mean, Urban Meyer was making all the, the personnel decisions. Tim Tebow comes to mind. Um, so I, I think getting a real, and I hope, I because they have not chosen a new coach yet, hopefully a real NFL coach. They seem to be hiring guys that have previous NFL head coaching experience, which is what they should have done in the first place. Um Hopefully they get one of those guys in there, an offensive-minded guy that can look at Trevor Lawrence, see the gifts that he has, and, and do something with them. But uh, I, I like this from Justin on our way out here. Uh, that Washington offense is as generic as their name, though. I hope no prominent free agent goes there. Yeah, the Washington offense is uh, tough. They, uh, they don't seem to uh, – like to do much on that side of the ball. Um, they use all their draft picks on defense. Uh, you know, they uh, they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick, who didn't even make it out of game one. And then it was mm. uh, the very roller coaster ride that was uh, Taylor Heineke. Sometimes he looked like he was uh, he was ready to take that starting job as his own. And there were other weeks where he looked like he shouldn't have even been in the NFL. So. Um, and then besides uh, Terry McLaurin and uh, Antonio Gibson, there is not a lot else on that offense to speak of. So uh, we'll see what they do during the offseason. Maybe they get a couple of prominent free agents and use their first round pick on a, you know, something on the offense and uh, they put it together. But uh, on our way out, I, you know, I want to thank everybody that was uh, in the chat. Uh, we had Justin, we had Lindsey Kennedy, we had Steve, uh, everybody else who was in and out. Appreciate you. When you guys are throwing stuff in the chat, it just it makes the show so much better. It gets us different talking points, allows us to uh, to go down some different uh, some different trails there, which is always fun. Um, and remember, guys, if if you're doing this on YouTube, you're watching us. Uh, just hit the bell, hit subscribe, so you know when we go live. Uh, and we're doing our thing. Uh, if you're doing the podcast thing, appreciate you guys too. Uh, we're getting to an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, you could be doing a lot of other things and you've decided to, uh, stick with us, listen to us talk, um, listen to our hilarious bets. And, uh, that's always fun as well. Um, remember, uh, if you just kind of tripped and fell on us, uh, hit subscribe, uh, give us a rate and review. Those are always fun to read, even the bad ones, uh, because sometimes they uh, people just really don't like us. I know it's mostly me, but, I mean, still, it's always fun to read those things. Um, and before we, before we get out of here, um, if you don't know, this is going to be Bill's last show as a permanent host, and I just want to take a minute and um thank you bill uh you you are the reason why why this show came to be because uh i had the idea but 
I sent out a tweet. You know, we always talk about we do this thing on Twitter. I sent out a tweet looking for a co-host, and um, you were the first person to respond. Uh, I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again. I don't care. Um, and we talked for like three hours about everything. We talked about football. We talked about life. And at the end of that conversation, I said, man, this is the dude that I need to do this show with. And we went through 112 episodes uh, together doing our thing. And um, you're, you're, not, you're not a co-host. You're a friend of mine. Uh, we, we text each other. Uh, we talk on the phone. And we talk about, you know, yeah, we talk about football, but we just talk about other stuff, what's going on in our lives and things like that. Um, You've uh, you sent me multiple pictures of your dog, uh, mostly because I've requested them because my wife uh, wants to see uh, the cute dog you have. So um, I just want to say, uh, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you uh, for everything that you um, have done for this show over uh, the last 112 episodes. And um you you know this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Do anytime you want to come on, you, you don't you don't need an invite. Just just jump in. Just come in. Just uh, you know, just get you know, get us with your wisdom. Just th- throw bombs on us. Let us know what's going on. Um, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Drew and I doing the you know doing our thing every week, but um. There, this show uh, wouldn't be what it is without you. So, um, I just want to, I just want to say, I appreciate you. And uh, Drew, I don't know if there's anything you want to say on the way out, but yeah, I think Steve said it best here, man. Standing ovation uh, for getting this thing started and keeping it going uh, through a couple of really, really weird seasons of COVID and uh, keeping some of the topics. Uh, on track and giving us a really good balance of some of the data and the, the uh, information that, you know, maybe we don't always think about first, but that's important to some of the decisions that we make and just appreciate you, uh, you both being so open to letting me come on here and have some fun with you all. And um, yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, I'll have some, uh, I'll have some big shoes to fill here and hopefully it works out. Continue to have some fun and uh, this is not goodbye, but we'll see you next time. Yeah, exactly. So now, man, it's been awesome. Like, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, life gets in the in the way. And that's where where I'm at. And I had to make some decisions. And unfortunately, it is uh, the show. So um, it's been a blast. Absolutely. Like, I mean, we we, you know, we talk to each other more than IRL friends, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, we uh, we see each other every week, you know, I, I can't tell you, I can probably count how many friends I have that that's the case, um, that I talk weekly. So, you know, it's, uh, like Drew said, absolutely. It's, you know, this is definitely not goodbye. I'll still be around. I'll be in the, uh, FTC chat. So sign up for that or, you know, hit us up if you want to join. Um, I'll be in the OG league with Josh sharing the team. We all share leagues, you know, um, so um, not much is going to change other than you guys won't see me on the show on a weekly basis. Um, you know, and like I said, I'm no, I'll am i be the reliever 
Um, so, you know, it's just, I won't be here all the time. So, uh, thanks to the viewers. Thanks for the comments, you know, Drew, obviously, thank you, man. You're, uh, you are a perfect replacement, man. Um, wasn't intended to be a replacement, I think, when you you popped in, but you know that's what you are now. And um, so, um, Josh, obviously, man, we've had quite the history, so it's been uh, uh, you know it's been a blast, no doubt. So, um, on that note, late- right, man, take us out of here, Bill. <laughs> this, this is it. You can't pawn this off on anyone this week. So uh, thank you to everybody. Again, thank you, Bill, from the bottom of my heart. Um, you made you made this what it is. And one last time, the three of us are going to get out of here. Late.